You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Oh, welcome to the program. It's hour one on this Wednesday. Dan and the Dan at Stan Patrick Show. Heisman candidate Kenny Pickett, the pit quarterback, is going to join us coming up next hour. Phone calls, emails, tweets, all the above. You can do so. We say good morning to Peacock, our streaming partner, and also our radio affiliates around the country. Fox Sports Radio, iHeart Radio. Come on in, stay a while. The gang's all here. Yes, including McLovin, who two weeks from Friday, that will be his final show. Oh, is it two weeks from Thursday, McLovin? Oh, that's right. I believe so. The uh, Christmas Eve is Friday. I don't oh, think we're here. You should work Friday. Um, is it going to be me Friday? Because I might, if that's the case. No, it's, it's going to be me Friday. It'll be just <laughs> you here. No meat Friday. Uh, we'll have a poll question. McLovin will provide the honors there. We have a stat of the day, play of the day, all of that forthcoming. And the I-Team investigation continues into the missing key that opens Carson, Carson Palmer's Heisman Trophy case. The I-Team has been working on this all night long. All I, night. I don't know the results of this. Paulie said that we had a breakthrough. Now, I don't know what that means. Would you like to illuminate the audience on the key to open the Carson Palmer Heisman Trophy. The I-Team has put this story to bed. Do you well, want to know the results now? Do you want to do it later? Or we just get to it. I would like to know as soon as possible. Okay, I'll let you know what we have. I want to double confirm during the next break. Uh, it, the, the trophy and the case, or yes. at least the case that's supposed to contain the trophy, did make it to the Hall of Fame down in uh, Atlanta. Did it? Okay. The key... Was never found. That's what I thought. Never found. Um, the actual quote from uh, the guy who runs the uh, College Football Hall of Fame was, we are locked out, so I reached out to your guys, a.k.a. Fritzy. Not much help there. Yeah. And that's figure. where our story ends as far as last night. They had a meeting yesterday, and they wanted to issue a statement to us, and they gave us like the blow-by-blow blow of how they received the thing. This was the impromptu meeting they were having yesterday Absolutely. morning? Absolutely, and we were, in, we were on the agenda, oh, items, hot items. Um, they said uh, in, the me- <laughs> in the meeting, the big boss, I guess, was hearing this report saying, so they sent us a Heisman Trophy box with a key taped to the outside? He goes, he goes are you joking? And uh, that was what said by the big okay, boss of the Hall okay. of Fame. All right, fair enough. And um, that's Someone should at. tell the big boss of the Hall of Fame that's how you sent it to us. Pal. Well, no, Carson Palmer sent it that way. USC grad. Oh, yes. Not not the College Football Hall of Fame. Wait, that's all we know? Have they opened it up yet? Do you want to know now? Yes. I can't tell you. I got to make you wait till the next segment. Okay. We took bets on it in the morning meeting. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that they lost the key or couldn't find the key. And but they found a way to open it up. That's that's what I'm betting. But uh, we'll have that for you, I guess, coming up uh, in about 15 minutes from now. Is that right? I mean, tell me when I'm supposed to tell the audience they can find out, Paul. 12 minutes. 12 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I team runs a tight ship, Dan. It's them, not me. I'm just the mouthpiece. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at show. Holiday shopping. Still have time. Go to danpatrick.com. A lot of great things there, including a special feature we have where you can get a handwritten note in your order in time for the holidays. Perfect way for you to send a gift. 
Um, let's see. We got a couple of things. Uh, LSU has lost a starting quarterback and the starting quarterback's brother. The uh, Buckeyes have grabbed a defensive coordinator out of the Big 12. Lakers handled the Celtics, but still there's some controversy going on with the Lakers and maybe the job security of Frank Vogel for some reason. Steph Curry, 16 threes away from breaking Ray Allen's all-time record. Now, I don't know if he could do it tonight against Portland. I don't know if he is going to try to do it tonight against Portland, but he's redefined the game, long-distance shooting. Previous generations, you wanted to be like Mike or you wanted to cross over guys like Iverson, but a whole generation of basketball players thinks about the game differently because of Steph Curry. And you could make a case, as I've tried to for years, that he has been the most impactful player in a long, long time in the way he plays that others who didn't think that they could play like that can identify with. Because if you watch, it could be grade school, it could be junior high, it could be high school. They're trying to play like Steph Curry. Even the guys who are athletic and jump and dunk, they still want to be like Steph Curry. It's cooler to be like Steph Curry than it is to try to be like Mike. Nobody's going to be like Mike. And probably nobody's going to be like Steph Curry. But you feel like you have a chance to be like Steph Curry and maybe play at the high school level, college level, or maybe even in the NBA. Once Steph Curry breaks the record, we'll see how long he holds on to it because James Harden is not too far behind. He's fourth on the all-time list. And the game has changed. Some of the youngsters who watch Curry might be going into high school, maybe going into junior high, and one day they could give the king a run for his money. But right now, Steph Curry is worth celebrating as the greatest shooter of all time, the most prolific three-point shooter in NBA history. He's got the game against Portland coming up tonight. Portland has its own drama with what's going on with uh, Damian Lillard, the front office there. Does Dame want Ben Simmons, national TV game? Uh, do you want to give Dame Lillard a two-year contract extension worth $107 million, which is what he's going to want? That'll take him into his mid-30s. And you got to start looking at this, and you have to take your fandom away. This is the real hard part when you're in the front office, you're a coach, you're a GM. It's like the Cardinals had to look at Albert Pujols and say, we got his best 10 years here. Now, what's smart for the organization is to let him go. Do you trade Dame Lillard? Has he taken you as far as you can go? Now, and I'm not putting all the blame on Dame because there's only so much that he can do. One person can do. You're 10th in the West right now. Where are you going? Are you any better this year than you were last year? Are you going to be any better next year? New coach and Chauncey Billups. Uh, C.J. McCollum is out for a while. And what do you have? And I think that's where you have to have an honest meeting, and honest opinions, and say... Are we better if we trade him? You don't want to be the GM, the front office person to trade him. You don't. But then you also have to be honest with where are you going? And I think you have to have that kind of come to Jesus meeting where you go, I think we got to entertain you know, the possibility of trading him. You want to bring in Ben Simmons? Okay, who are you giving up? CJ McCollum's out for a while. And I thought that that might be the guy who would be included if... They, they would get Ben Simmons. Does Ben Simmons make you that much better? 
Now, I, I said, if I'm Portland, I at least kick the tires on Ben Simmons. How much is he going to cost me? And can we get him? Does he make Dame, does he make the Blazers better? He makes them different, and maybe that's a good thing. But I think Portland's got to look long and hard and say, do we trade Dame Lillard? And what could we get for Dame Lillard? I mean, that's really the key. I don't want to trade him to trade him, but I, start, I have to look at this and say, are we a rebuild? Chauncey Billups in his first year, front office upheaval. Where are we going? Who else do we have? The identity is one player, but that one player is not going to take you to the next level. Not any. If he hasn't, he's not going to. And I think that's that's the the hard truth that you have to face in a situation like this. Yeah, Paul. Some people have mentioned the Knicks as a place for a trade. Yeah. The Knicks are twelve and twelve, and have you know they had a resurgence the past year and a half. They have this like likable team of B level players, B plus level players. That's not going to work for anything real for the Knicks. That well, that, you're not going to the NBA Finals with the lineup you have. You're a nice competitive team that's respectable. Yeah, but if I'm the Blazers, why do I? I don't want anything for the Knicks. Like three of the best players. No, I don't. I don't. I mean, like, what am I getting? Yeah. Like, we always feel like, oh, the Knicks. Okay, why the Knicks? Like, Dame Lillard now wants to go to the Knicks, or he would want to go to the Knicks, entertain the idea. Tell me what Portland gets. We always look at a trade, you know, it's a one-way street. It's like, this team is getting, and I always go, okay, what's the other team getting? Well, we're going to give you, I don't know, who do you want? That's not good. That wouldn't go well. Yeah, McLovin. I'll give you Emmanuel quickly, Obi Toppin, and Mitchell Robinson. I'll hang up and listen. Yeah. Uh Yeah. I mean, remember when the Knicks traded Carmelo for a bunch of young players? Yeah. But did, you can't take four B players for one. Can you do that? Four B players for one A player? It depends on what Portland's philosophy is going to be. I mean, that's really the key. Like, what? Who are you, or what do you want to be if you do trade Dame Lillard? That that's what you have to figure out. And if you figure that out, then great. If not, then you're going to be stuck in tenth place in the West, and you're not going to have anybody that you. I mean, at least. I go back when the Lakers weren't very good, but they had Kobe. And they banked on you coming out to see Kobe. But they weren't very good. And Portland, are you going to be headed down that same road? Where, hey, come out and see Dame. He's a lot of fun. He's entertaining. He's one of the best players. But you got to win. What's your philosophy? Chauncey Billups didn't take this job to go, I don't know, let's sort of be on the outside of the playoffs. That's no man's land. Like, you're not bad enough to get good, and you're sort of on the cusp, and you even if you get in, you're not going to be threatening when you get into the playoffs. You know, it's you, you hate to be irrelevant, and it feels like Portland could be irrelevant even with Dame Lillard. Without him, they certainly will be, at least for, you know, a little bit of uh, time there. Yeah, Paul. The classic trade where one great player for a bunch of Bs is the Charles Barkley trade to the Suns from the 76ers. Barkley was a budding superstar, a full superstar, made the Suns instantly relevant. Jerry Colangelo, the Suns, won executive of the year based off the Barkley trade because he gave up a bunch of B players like Jeff Hornacek and a couple other dudes. And the Sixers went to mediocrity. Yeah, and Charles won it out, but you can't make that trade where you take diminishing returns here. It's like the Sixers, Sixers keep holding out for more for Ben Simmons. Like, they're at least taking the other extreme. Like, hey, you got to blow us away. We still want this for Ben Simmons. And, you know, maybe they're going to hold out the rest of the year for that. 
Daryl Morey. Yeah, McLeod. One that historically I've never understood is the Bucks had to get rid of Kareem or they, they, He wanted I, out. He wanted out and they didn't really did they get anything significant in return? Mm, they got Dave Myers. I think they got or they got the draft picks for Marcus Johnson. Uh, I don't know. Junior Bridgman might have been involved in that. I knew you were going to nail this one. Yeah. Yeah. Junior Bridgman, Dave Myers, and center L. Elmore Smith. Okay. Don't know him. Uh, Elmore Smith, he played with the Cavaliers. Brian Winters. Brian Winters, a very good shooter. Did Brian Winters kind of look like Bob Seeger, like he should have been playing in a 70s rock band? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He had nice hair. Yeah. Brian Winters out of South Carolina. Really good shooter, deep shooter. You traded, you know, one of the top three or four players of all time. And, and, it, and he was still in his prime. He might not even been in his prime. He might have been just, you know, slipping into his prime. But, you know, you're trying to get, you never get the same. You know, it's like when Will Chamberlain was traded by the 76ers. You know, I think they got Daryl Imhoff and Archie Clark for Wilt Chamberlain. Now, Wilt was a headache, but Wilt was still a formidable player, a great player. But you you never get equal value. Yes, McLeod. It's better than the Cavs letting LeBron get to free agency, isn't it? Or did they really have no choice when he went to the Heat the first time? I don't know, other than LeBron hated the owner and probably didn't want to didn't want to let him get anything in return. Yes, Paul. I can remember being on the air before LeBron made his decision. We were discussing, do you trade? You were discussing with different NBA people. Would you trade LeBron before that date and get something for him? Mm -hmm. But they were saying, the Cavs people were saying, we, we can't trade him and then find out he was going to pick us. But we don't know. You know they, they could have gotten a, a truckload for him. And he did not have a no trade clause at that juncture of his career. Yeah, the only thing with that is that if he hasn't already told you, then you should know the answer. I mean, that was always my take with, hey, are you staying? I don't know. you got to watch the decision. If he would have said that, I'd go, let's see what we can get for him. I asked a bunch of girls at the prom my senior year, and they always said, I'll get back to you. And I, I held out hope. I was a Cavs guy. Uh, do you know somebody wants to sing like Mariah Carey, cook like Gordon Ramsay, maybe shoot like Steph Curry? Master class. Unlimited access to online classes from the world's best. Now you can give one annual Masterclass membership. Get one free at masterclass.com slash Patrick. Terms apply. If you're watching on Peacock, I'm going to assume, Polly, you're going to reveal what you found out with Carson Palmer's Heisman Trophy. Bonus coverage for people watching on Peacock. Okay, that'll be coming up here in, uh, in a couple of minutes. Download the app. Hurry, download the app, and you can watch as we find out exactly what happened with the key. And uh, with the Heisman. God, I, and I don't know. Paulie said, I'm not going to tell you. And I go, okay. Isn't it fascinating that the key was ripped apart? It was triple taped to the thing. It was like covered with tape. It was a choice. I, I asked a, the opinion of someone at the shipping place. Yeah. They said that was probably not an accident. No, no. Somebody took it. The question is, what they do with the key? Did they open the, the container? And is the Heisman still in there? Because that's the, I keep thinking, hey, let's just get a 40-pound bag of sand, put it in there, you don't have a key, and then somebody's got a Heisman. Yeah, Paul. If you were like some guy at FedEx who found the Heisman and got it and took it home, can you display it? Can you show it to your buddies? Well, I always wonder about that when, you know, there's lost art 
and it's worth hundreds of millions of dollars, who do you show it to? You go, hey, come here. Let me show you. And then nobody keeps a secret. They always have those stories of people who like find a Super Bowl ring or steal a Super Bowl ring. Or yeah. where do you show? Where do you display? Hey, come here, come here, come on in here. Let me show you this. Yes, Tom. And isn't the whole reason to have something that special so that you can display yes. it and show it to people? Yeah. Just for your own satisfaction. Like if you're living alone in the world, why would you need to have anything nice just if no one can like see it? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Cool. How did you get that? I stole it out of the mail. <laughs> no, I really. Didn't. No, I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. It was this yeah. big box, and I was like, "Screw it! I'll open it." And then I took it. All right. We'll come back with the contents of Carson Palmer's Heisman Trophy suitcase. Back after this. It's amazing. Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year automatically. No limit on how much you can earn, which is amazing. Even more amazing because of all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of the places in the United States taking credit cards take Discover. And that means when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing the word yes more often. You can learn more, a lot more, at discover.com slash yes. That's discover.com slash yes. 2021 Nielsen Report limitations apply. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Well, we have an iTeam report, an update. Paulie holding us in suspense. If you were watching on Peacock, you know the results. We were trying to track down the key to Carson Palmer's Heisman Trophy case, hoping said Heisman was in said case without key. Did they have a master key that would be able to open this? Is there a locksmith? Paulie, reveal what you found out, the I-team found out this morning. For a couple weeks, the College Football Hall of Fame had the case in its possession and was waiting to see if the key would turn up or if someone from the Dan Patrick Show would help out and actually get the key there. Mm. No no can do on our side because we didn't uh, provide it. So they went downstairs, had their ops guy bring up his toolbox and zzz, 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 and took take the top off. The Heisman was inside. It was intact. No issues. It doesn't appear that it was messed with in any way, but they don't know. But now their issue is after they display it for a certain period of time, they do have to send it back to Carson Palmer. They have a case that has no key. So they will have to find a new case for that Heisman. Well, that'd be easier than finding a new Heisman. That's true. So I'm okay with the case. We are officially off the hook. Yeah. Man, it's been a long couple of days here. Some finger pointing in the back. I gave immunity to Dylan, who works in the back. He was part of the shipping crew. I was the last person to see the Heisman before it was lowered into the case. Fritzy delegating and then, you know, not taking any blame, dest- distancing himself. It created a rift. I mean, it did. And hopefully we'll be able to patch that up in the next two weeks. Yes. Yeah, Young Mario tweeting yesterday about how he doesn't eat lunch with rats. Oh, I know. By himself. <laughs> oh, I know. Heated. Didn't want to have uh, lunch with Dylan because Dylan's a rat. Yeah, a lot of finger pointing yesterday. Uh, Andrew in Washington. Hi, Andrew. What's on your mind today? Good morning. Five seven, still loading. One sixty five. Thank you. Hey, I got to follow that up, Dan. I think uh, you know Dan Patrick Nation needs to make sure Dylan is okay. We probably need to check in on him, make sure he's all right. I know it's cold in Milford. It's got to be frosty in that back room. Are people making eye contact? 
Can they talk to Dylan? Do they feel comfortable, you know, just being a friendly around him? Um, maybe, you know, we got to check, have him come out, make sure snitches didn't get stitches. I, uh, I, did, well-being. I did see Dylan this morning, and uh, this is how bad it's gotten for Mario. Mario reaching out to Tyler to be his friend. Downgrading. Yes. Downgrading. I, I saw Ty- <laughs> yeah. Tyler was in Mario's office earlier today, and I said, what's going on? And um, Mario said, well, given what Dylan did, you know, Tyler and I are uh, becoming friends again. Yes, Eden. And Tyler's only friend here is your dog, Winnie. Yes. And so are we going to see now Mario rolling around on the floor with Winnie, too? With my puppy? The three of them? Yeah. Like, there's a lot of things going on. I just know that, you know, Dylan and Mario used to be good friends. And I see Tyler in there, and Mario said that, you know, he's trying to be friends with Tyler again. And and Dylan is, uh, you know, being called out as being a snitch. But he said, look, I got to do what's best for the show. And I guess he did. All right, McLovin, what kind of poll questions do we have today? Okay, uh, we're going to start off Steph Curry possibly uh, hitting 16 threes to set the all-time record. Would you rather be known as the greatest three-point shooter of all time or the greatest dunker of all time? Greatest three-point shooter. But if we put up a poll, how do you think people would vote? Oh, I don't know. I'm just telling you what I would want is to be the greatest – because you can be the greatest dunker or be a great dunker, but, you know, shooting threes is where you can win games. Just because you're dunking, Dominique Wilkins doesn't have any titles. Vince Carter doesn't have any titles. It feels like you can shoot a three, you got a chance to keep your team in a game. So I would say, for me, I'd rather be the greatest three-point shooter, which means you fall into the greatest shooter of all time. And the game is about shooting. And I'd rather be known as the greatest shooter than the greatest dunker. Yes, but I'm going to give you one. I think this is a tough one. Okay. Now, this is a dunker versus a shooter. Okay. But both high-end players. They're not just known for, like, specialists. Okay. You could have one career and everything that goes with it. The image, the his- history. Steph Curry or Dr. J? Boom. That just happened. That is a tough question. Um... Well, there's no wrong answer. I mean, I would still want to be the greatest shooter of all time. Paulie wants to walk off, and you're we're 28 minutes into the show, and you want to leave today, and that's a, what walk a, off? A lot of people want me to walk off as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. You could just go ahead. Yeah, yeah McLovin. <laughs> so d- let me get these choices. You could be a cute little shooter uh, who does shimmies and stuff, or the coolest man that's ever walked the planet. That, so- you, got a, you got a point there. You can't exactly phrase it that way. Doc is all-time cool legend status. Yeah. He did it in the old days. Oh, man, that is a tough one. He has a title. Yes, Todd. What if he never had that awesome Dr. J nickname? What if he was just Julius Erving and he was just looking at his stats and his name on a piece of paper? Um, I mean... That's part of it. I mean, that's part of the whole persona. You can't take that away. You know? To me, I think that puts I mean, Dr. J over the top because he's Dr. J. Steph Curry's real name, Wardell. Because his, his dad is named Dell, or they shortened it to Dell. So he's, he's junior, but he goes by Steph. 
Ah, boy. I'd still want to be the greatest shooter of all time. But, man, there's something about Dr. J. If somebody could be jazz, when they walked, they played jazz. Their body played jazz. That'd be Dr. J. When he walked through that L.A. airport, LAX that day, it was as if Coltrane was just walking. That was Miles Davis. There was a flow to Dr. J. He's badass, man. Badass. <laughs> it was, and I remember the Danettes. We were having an early breakfast or lunch or something. Like, can, can we can we go? And I said, go, yeah. And they're like following Dr. J. Dude, I was geeking. <laughs> it was so cool to see. And when you're around him, it, it's a chill vibe with Dr. J. <sighs> man. I think if Doc had gotten a little more run in the NBA as opposed to the ABA and people realized how great he was, and uh, I, got, I got to see one game in the ABA with Dr. J. And I just remember that he was just different than anybody else on the floor. He just had this big throw, big hands, and he kept dunking on people, dunking on everybody in traffic. And... I don't remember him taking shots, jumpers, because he didn't really have a jump shot. And he had nice follow-through, nice form, but I just remember, like, whoa, this is different. Yeah, Paul. I see. I disagree. I think the ABA days and the Rucker Park uh, streetball days. Oh, add, they add the mystery? They add to okay. the mystery because he's one, of, he's one of the last great athletes whose career you couldn't see on TV on a regular basis. Mm. Once 82 hit with the NBA, you could watch every game anytime you want. Um, you know, we saw all of Larry Bird, all of Magic Johnson, even college. But there's a mystery and a myth around Dr. J. People don't even know his real name, some people. Yeah. And if you say the word the doctor, no one thinks of an actual medical person if you're a sports fan. Yes, McLovin. I think it's generational because I think there's a group of people who would rather be Allen Iverson than Steph Curry in a way. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yes. Uh, Allen Iverson connected with a, a whole different generation. Absolutely. Because he, he looked different. He played different. Uh, when he crossed over Mike twice in the same move, like that was where you went, oh, wow, Allen Iverson, come on down. You're a star. Uh, you know, the tats, way wore his hair, everything about him, like it was counterculture, what he would wear to a press conference, throwback jerseys. Yeah. Allen Iverson was cool. I don't know if Steph Curry is cool to kids as much as they just want to emulate that style. The style itself is cool. Iverson himself, everything about him, there was a coolness factor to him. Yes, he. And even just Allen Iverson's size was like attainable. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you knew, well, I'm not going to grow up to be 6'5 or 6'6, six, six, but six foot, okay, I could do that. He felt, he felt more like an average person or something. Yes, Don. But even before Jordan, Dr. J would, you know, flying from the top of the key, switching hands, going from one side of the backboard yeah. to the other, things that we eventually saw Jordan and other guys do. I can't think of anybody in our, some of our generations that did that before Dr. J was doing those things. No, the only guy I remember seeing who was that athletic was Elgin Baylor when he played for the Lakers. And then he had a knee injury and it, you know, cut short his career. But he didn't, he missed prime time. He missed that, that window. Um, you know, because the NBA in the 70s, people weren't watching. NBA Finals, people weren't watching. Uh, you know, it took Bird and Magic to to get to open that door to 
everybody was now watching the NBA Finals. But Elgin Baylor had that athleticism. But he wasn't, he wasn't, you know, like Dr. J. Dr. J could be violent. I mean, when he dunked, he dunked. Look out below. Yeah, McLovin. Seton has a point. Like, LeBron is not viewed like AI or Curry because he's, a, he's a, like a Greek god. There's nothing. Yeah. To, you can't relate to that, that size and speed. Well, people don't talk about, hey, I want to be like LeBron. Because you, you can't. I mean, that, God created one of those. And that's it. There'll be somebody, like Luca is different, and uh, Joel Embiid is different. Like, they're all different. We keep waiting for the next, when there won't be that next. It'll be something different. I mean, there are a lot of guys who are Steph Curry's size, and a lot of guys who can shoot really well, but they're not Steph Curry. There are a lot of guys who are Allen Iverson size. They just weren't Allen Iverson. There are a lot of six six guys who could jump, but they weren't Michael Jordan. Six nine guys like Larry Bird. Or six, eight, six, nine guys like Magic. They're just, we keep waiting for it, and it's not happening. It's not fair to those who came first because we're like, oh, he's, he's going to be the next Larry Bird. No, there's one Larry Bird. Oh, he's the next Magic. No, there's only one Magic. Yeah, Paul. Steph Curry does have the thing where when you see a high school kid taking a shot from 37 feet, you're like, Easy, Steph Curry. No, like it's become like yeah. Woodward and Bernstein or Kleenex. It's a, it's a, that shooting is a brand, and its name is Steph Curry. Yeah. Well, who do you think you are? It's almost like, oh, you think you're Babe Ruth? You know? Oh, you think you're Steph Curry? Like he's become a brand. That's uh, that's interesting. All right, phone calls coming up. Eight seven seven three DP show. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at dp show. Yes, McLovin. Uh, we have a very mean poll question. And I think I can share it. This is actually probably Paul inspired in a way, but okay. Luka Doncic, Uh-oh. how would you describe him? Is he big boned, extremely strong, needs to work on his conditioning a bit or a bit hefty? Uh, he's thick. He's thick. Thickening? He's, <laughs> I don't think he's in good shape. Thack? I think he's close to being Thack. Um, here is Luca, the Mavs forward, on his weight issues this season. Uh, I think that's my thing, you know. Uh, people can talk about it, yes or no, but I know I gotta do better. You know, I had a long summer. I think I relaxed a little bit, uh, not taking care, but you know, I gotta be better. How, how do you feel like that's affected you so far this season? Uh, I don't know. I had a long summer, like I'm saying. You know, I had. Olympics, two, two, three weeks off, uh, and then I said I relaxed a little bit, uh, maybe too much, and I just got to get back on track. Yeah, and I think a lot of this started, Reggie Miller was on the call, and he pointed this out. He said, you got the keys to the kingdom if you're Luka Doncic, and he's a superstar, superstar in the making already, but he could be so much better, and he will get better, but to me, he's got to trim down. He really does, and he's got to get better defensively as well. Uh, Reggie said that it, this is the heaviest that uh, he's looked. You know, Reggie is not insulting him. People are like, oh, is he fat shaming? No, he is analyzing. His, he's an analyst. And, and, and Reggie had, you know, played the game at a high level, and he's been broadcasting at a high level for a long time. His job is to analyze. He's not saying he's fat. He's saying he's out of shape. 
Now, you can say that's semantics. Well, for Reggie, he looks at this and says, hey, conditioning is what you need because he's running out of you know, wind at the, uh, in the fourth quarter. And you can say, well, he's 25, you know, he doesn't need conditioning. He can run all day. Well, if you watch him, no, he can't. And, and his game, you know, that size does come in handy. But I think you get to the point where you're not able to move as effortless as he has been the first couple of years. It seems like he labors at times and he has a little bit harder time in separating. I mean, he, he did play in the Olympics, played well in the Olympics, but it looked like once he was done with that, he probably didn't pick up a basketball for a while. Yes, Todd. So if you start exercising a lot less and eating a lot more, the phrase relaxed a little bit, can, you know, can anyone, including myself, use that? Is that the new way of referring to just kind of giving up a little bit? That he relaxed? He, he said that multiple times in that soundbite. You know, yeah, I had a long semi and then I relaxed a little bit. Yeah. I mean, he took time off. He played in the Olympics. But he does look, he looks heavy. Um, and I don't know what the numbers are, but I would say he's probably close to 260. And he should probably be in that 230 range at his size. You know, Zion Williamson, same thing. This, is, this has become, no pun intended, a big or bigger deal. A foot injury, foot surgery with weight, with that kind of player, with that kind of explosion. How I mean, he, 75% of his shots are probably within four feet of the basket. He needs that explosion. When is he going to come back? What's he going to be, you know, shape-wise when he comes back? You know, there are estimates that he's well over 300 pounds, maybe close to 330. And at his size, Shaq can be 330, not Zion. And that's going to be a big issue this the second half of the season when he comes back. And that foot surgery may be something that's there with him the rest of his career. Yeah, McLovin. This is not an excuse, but maybe Luca doesn't need to go 28, 10, and 10 every night. Like... It doesn't, he does everything for them. Like the end of the game last night, it, they were all looking at him to dribble, pass, shoot. Yeah. Um, so he wears out by the end of the game, kind of like Harden did in Houston. I, I feel like they're not an integrated team. Yeah, You've but, said this before. They're Luka and the Lukaettes, basically. Yeah, but Harden was out of shape when he showed up trying to get traded. Not that Luka's trying to get traded, but he was out of shape. And I, you know, it was obvious there. And then he got in better shape. He looks good now. But, you know, this will be a learning process for uh, Luca. And, and look, there were players who, when they got to the summer, they didn't do anything. I mean, Larry Bird would play softball and drink beer. But, you know, not everybody can do it. And it's a different era now. I mean, you've got to be healthy. There's so much money here that you got you have this opportunity, and it feels like Luca is, is going to be using the season to get in shape. That's the way players used to do it. They would show up at camp, and then they would get in shape when they got to camp. You know, that's not the way it should be, and hopefully Luca learns from it. Let's take a break. Play of the day next. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. 
Hey, what's up, everybody? It's me, three-time Pro Bowler LeVar Arrington, and I couldn't be more excited to announce a new podcast called Up On Game. What is Up On Game, you ask? Along with my fellow Pro Bowler, TJ Hushmanzada, and Super Bowl champion, yep, that's right, Plexico Burris. You can only name a show with that type of talent on it, Up On Game. We're going to be sharing our real-life experiences loaded with teachable moments. Listen to Up On Game with me, LeVar Arrington, TJ Hushmanzada, and Plexico Burris on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast from. Oh my God. The play, the play, is the play. of the day. This is the play of the day. Check this out. Josh Richardson guarding Westbrook. There he goes, right to the rim again, and he dunked it. He just dunked right on top of him. for the crowd and then comes over and says are you not entertained Lakers by 19 that's courtesy of the Lakers radio network the dunk was Russell Westbrook's first in his last three games this season 4% of his made field goals have been dunks the lowest percentage of his career that's your play of the day play of the day is brought to you by Masterclass. You can sign up now, give one annual Masterclass membership, get one free at masterclass.com slash Patrick. Terms apply, and you can learn from the greats. Mariah Carey, Gordon Ramsay, Martin Scorsese. Give the Masterclass unlimited access to online classes from the world's best. In that game last night, LeBron James scored 30. Westbrook had 24. Lakers beat the Celtics, so they split the seasonal series for the fifth consecutive year. If you include the postseason, LeBron James has now scored 30 or more points 599 times in his career, second all-time to Michael Jordan, 671. Stat of the day, stat of the day, stat of the day, stat of the day. Here comes that what? Stat of the day. Even though the Lakers won, the temperature is a little warmer, it feels like, with Frank Vogel, the Lakers head coach. Charles Barkley last night on Inside the NBA had this to say for the Lakers' problems. In my opinion, I blame Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis, you know I like you as a person, but you ain't doing what you're supposed to do. You're 27 years old. You're supposed to be in your prime. You're supposed to be one of the five best players in the world up there with Giannis, Kevin Durant, and those guys. And you ain't holding up your end of the bargain. So now I hear y'all going to fire the coach. That's total BS, man. Now I feel better. Okay. <laughs> I... As I said when the season started, how about we wait until after Christmas? I, I, not, I might need a little more time than after Christmas with this team. But you know what? They may not be that good. I, people may have to come to the reality that the Lakers aren't going to be that good or that consistent. They're going to have highs and they're going to have lows. How about you play defense? How about you get to the free throw line? Like these are all simple things. It feels like those are simple fixes. Well, LeBron has been a jump shooter. I I don't want Russ taking jumpers. Get to the hoop. Get fouled. LeBron, it feels like this was a goal premeditated when he started the season. He started taking all those threes, and I said, it feels like that he is trying to become more of a three-point shooter 
than he is a guy who's going to drive to the hoop. Nobody can stop him when he drives to the hoop. Nobody. I think he has trepidation about going to the line. He's never been a great free throw shooter. He's shooting these jump shots right now. And maybe it's load management on his part. But I don't know if I can look at Frank Vogel and say, yep, you fire Frank Vogel. Now you're going to, now it's going to turn around. Frank Vogel was the right voice. He was the right personality for this team when he first got there. You know, man, you know, Jason Kidd, uh-oh, it's just a matter of time before Jason Kidd takes over for Frank Vogel. Frank Vogel's not a hot take guy. He's not going to be dominating the press conference. He just comes in and is going to be a steadying influence. He's a really good coach. Do I think that putting this team together may have been the flaw? Yes. Russ is fascinating. Russ is not a winner. Anthony Davis, you should be Giannis. You have a skill set you could be better than Giannis, in my opinion. Do you want to? Can you? Uh, LeBron, what can you count on? You know, you're going to depend on LeBron when? When you get to the playoffs? Maybe not so much during the regular season. At, at, at some point, LeBron all of a sudden starts to slip back down to you know, being mortal. I mean, he still is going to be a great player. But can I rely on him to take over games, take over a week, two weeks? And I don't think you can right now. But that's where Anthony Davis has to go. I got to be the star. I got to dominate. So I agree with Barkley. Anthony Davis will be the reason why this team wins a title or doesn't win a title. Because I think he has that much talent. And then you sprinkle in everybody else, then you can win the championship. But until Russ knows exactly what his role is, he's still trying to figure that out. And remember, he was the blame. He was the fall guy. And then he started playing really well. But I think trying to figure that out while playing in the shadow of LeBron James is really tricky. And you've pieced this team together. You know, Dwight Howard, DeAndre Jordan. Like, it's kind of a, let's see if it all fits together. You throw it in the blender and you hope it tastes good. And right now it doesn't. Yeah, Paul. With Anthony Davis, is it about his play or his demeanor? Like, he doesn't look fiery. He's averaging 24 points, 10 rebounds, 3 assists, 2 blocks, shooting 52%. He's having a very good year. Not a super great 29 and 13 like Giannis averages. Yeah, but his demeanor affects his game because if if he attacked more, and maybe he can't do it. Maybe this is just who he is. Giannis wants to dominate. Giannis wants to be great every single night. And I don't know if Anthony Davis is just wired that way. In, in, in fairness to him, and there's only a year and a half age difference between Giannis and Anthony Davis. You know, I thought Anthony Davis was on that uphill climb and he was going to slip into one of the top three, five players. He can be, but I want to see it every night. I want them to game plan to stop you, not LeBron. Heisman Trophy finalist Kenny Pickett. He'll join us coming up. What's he think of the, oh, I'm going to slide, I'm not going to slide, I'm going to run for a touchdown. We'll talk to him about that. One more item. We close out hour one. Our friends from Level Select CBD Sports Creams and Roll-Ons. If you lift weights, you golf, you run around, you probably have sore muscles and post-workout discomfort popping up in new spots all the time. It happens when you get older, and that's where Level Select CBD Sports Creams and Roll-Ons come to the rescue. Carson Palmer, Ricky Fowler, Steve Garvey, they all use it. 
It's good enough for them, good enough for us, right? I trust Level Select CBD because it's formulated with doctors. There's a high concentration of CBD. It allows me to feel it work immediately, 30 seconds or less, and made with 0% THC. You apply the Level Select CBD right to the sore spots and let that proprietary blend of CBD go to work, and you will feel it. Go to LevelSelectCBD.com. Make sure you use the promo code DP30. That will give you $30 off your entire order today. $30 off, levelselectcbd.com, but make sure you use the promo code DP30. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, and South Dakota. 